fourth. So Senator Ron Johnson, when he's back in the district, does get a chance to spend time with, of course, family and uh, and some friends and the vice president and the president and investigations uh, continue. Senator, good morning. Thanks very much for talking with us. How are you and your family? Well, I'm staying healthy, and we're well, and I uh, hope you are as well, and your listeners. Yeah, we're, uh, we're trying. Uh, absolutely, we're trying. Hey, I don't know whether you have insight on uh, the, the governor's plans, but have you heard anything about whether the governor uh, is seriously considering uh, expanding the mandatory mask uh, thing past uh, the end of September? No, I, I, I don't know what the governor's thinking from that standpoint. Um, you know, for my part, I wear masks where it's appropriate. I mean, yeah. it's a courtesy to do so. I think it's helpful. Uh, it's certainly not a cure-all for sure. Uh, doesn't, it's not a complete preventative, but I think it's helpful. But I'm, I'm completely opposed to government mandates on that. I think this is just uh, what responsible citizens need to do in terms of social distancing and doing everything we can to keep the, the curve flat, which, by the way, Mike, we've done a pretty good job of, of doing so. Uh, we're, I think we're over 6 million cases. H1N1, I think, when all said and done, we had 60 million cases under the Obama administration. So the whole purpose of these of the shutdowns, of the social distancing, was to flatten the curve so we wouldn't overwhelm our health care systems. And by and large, we haven't done that. Uh, but I think what many Democrat, particularly governors and, and mayors, are, are losing sight of is the human toll of the economic devastation from the shutdowns. And right now, the, the big debate is uh, you know, opening up schools. The good, the good, the good news. And again, again, I'm not downplaying COVID at all. It's a nasty disease. I don't want to get it. I'm doing everything I can to avoid getting it. But the good news is, children are not, by and large, affected by this. Seasonal flu is, is more of a risk for young people uh, than COVID is. And so that certainly would argue, uh, in in the face of the downside of not socializing, not getting back to school, not having a more effective environment for learning uh, certainly argues toward opening up those schools. It occurred to me the other day when I uh, was talking with some friends who are, like many of us, sick and tired of uh, politics. Everything is politics. Fire is politics. COVID is politics. Football is politics. Baseball is politics. You can't get away from it. Somebody said, the Democrats must really be afraid because they won't even let us watch a football game without getting in our face about politics. Uh, Does Donald Trump have that secret lead again like he did four years ago? I sure am hoping so. I mean, when when you see just the the failure of cities and, you know, primarily the big cities that have been run by Democrats for decades, when when you see what happens in a city like Portland or Seattle where you have Democratic leadership that just refuse to acknowledge the the loss of constitutional rights by their other citizens uh, while these protests turn into sieges and also turn into riots with all kinds of property destruction. When you see that versus the model of Kenosha, uh, where President Trump was notified very quickly by uh, Congressman Stiles, uh, returned his call within seven minutes, offered immediate support, took a while for them to get a hold of the governor. The governor, unfortunately, refused their, their offer of help the first night Two people tragically died that night, but then, fortunately, the government governor did uh, accept their help, which signaled the, to the protesters the resolve that we're not going to stand for riots, and they by and large ended. So we, we know the model here, and I think what you've seen now is the sea change of attitude. Where, you know, when these things are happening on the left coast in the big city, I think a lot of Americans go, okay, well, that's just 
that's just crazy Democrat jurisdictions. But when it happens in a, in a little town like Kenosha, I mean, you know, so that resonates with people. They realize that this kind of protest, this kind of riot could come to a city near me. I'm not going to tolerate it because the vast majority of Americans strongly support law enforcement. They realize the service and sacrifice of the men and women in blue, that they are not uh, agreeing with the, the, the riots and, you know, all this mayhem. Protesting is one thing. Uh, rioting is something completely different. You have the right to get your point your point across. I heard somebody the other day say, uh, because they live in Minneapolis, well, people weren't listening. So the protesters needed to make a point, and to do that, they burned a building or two down. Now people are listening in an effort to, I don't know, rationalize the loss of property and uh, uh, because people weren't listening to the protests. Well, protests are a constitutional protected right to free speech to a point. You know, riots are obviously not constitutionally protected, and rioters should be prosecuted the full extent of the law. But even protests that are prolonged turn into a siege, which deny the constitutional rights of other people to open up their businesses, to, to earn a living. You know, when I toured Kenosha, it was just sad how the entire downtown was boarded up. So th- those business owners, those employees of those of those businesses, their constitutional rights are being denied when protesters are exercising theirs. So at some point in time, there's got to be a protection of everybody's constitutional right. Uh, By the way, uh, one of our listeners, well said, Ron Johnson, I'll vote for you again. Someone else had a question. With more than a month of masks and cases going up, why are we still watching case numbers uh, since, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Senator Johnson, case numbers uh, are, are not overwhelming hospitals. Why, are, why aren't we paying attention to hospitalizations or deaths as opposed to the number of people who have caught COVID-19? Because Democrats, the mainstream media, have from the beginning wanted to use COVID as a weapon against Donald Trump's reelection. I, I think it's just that cynical, and I think it's that simple. But we should be looking at hospitalizations. We, we, we need to recognize that, uh, you know, once the cat was out of the bag here, once you started having human-to-human transmission at pretty high rates, um, and this, this is worldwide, uh, there, there wasn't much we could do to prevent all infections. We, we could limit them. We could keep that curve flattened, again, to accomplish the goal of not overwhelming our health care systems and also delaying the, the new infections so that therapies could be developed potentially a vaccine. So flattening that curve also has saved lives. And again, we've been quite successful at it. What drives me nuts when I take a look at, you know, how the president, you know, halted travel between Europe and, and China very early on to a great deal of criticism by Democrats. When I've seen how, how engaged the, the administration has been 24-7, making sure that the, a very limited supply of PPP was distributed so that nobody ran out. You know, supply was was less than a third of what demand was. Or, or another better way of putting that is demand outstripped supply by two to three times of PPE. But again, FEMA, through its management, it wasn't perfect, but it was good enough that people didn't run out. This is an enormously complex problem to deal with. I think this administration has done an extremely good job under very difficult decisions with a lot of unknowns. And yet, the mainstream media and Democrats want to use this as a cudgel, as a weapon against President Trump. 
I think he's, his, he and his administration have done a pretty good job dealing with a very difficult situation.